0: Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 70 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and automatically you know when that noise happens that Greg, Greg, is, in the booth. Greg is here Slash in office. house with us. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have a feeling that today's episode is going to be full of discussion, so we're just going to like, forget any formalities, even last week. It was, Well, God Answered My Prayer by Andy McDonald. <laughs> just go back and listen to it. Check it out in the app or go to the website, and you can find those under Sermons and Archives. This week was an interesting topic. I wasn't really prepared. Listening? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really <laughs> listening. No, I wasn't really prepared for where you were going when I heard the subject matter was baptism, essentially. Where did you think he was going to go? Uh, I don't know, but it wasn't where he went, definitely. <laughs> so it was, it was a surprise, but it was a welcome surprise, because essentially – all the things that you got I think,
1: freed up, didn't you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think for many of us that have been lifelong Christians, maybe not so many for that have been late comers to to Christianity. But for those of us that grew up with it, I think a lot of the baggage that a lot of people carry about a lot of things are tied to this subject. And just before we came in, just talking with Greg briefly, <laughs> and he just he hit on a lot of those subjects and little nuances of things that we maybe not always believe but things that get attached to us they get kind of sneakily they kind of unzip your backpack and they just keep throwing a few more things in there and you're going like man this thing is really getting heavy it's
2: like that shampoo thing right yeah. you keep rinsing it out and somebody puts shampoo <laughs> in you keep rinsing it i should have
0: you know i should have checked inventory a long ago so but before we begin i just want to make sure that i have this whole baptism thing straight i want to make sure that what we're leading off with and i'm i'm i got you okay so it's a symbolic gesture to tell everyone how much you love God after you already started loving God, but it doesn't guarantee you a spot on the God team or even the less popular denominational team. So it's not magical, and it doesn't take away your sins. So tell me why we do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so so
2: I wrestled with this a little bit, and I think part of the whole reason for all the symbols that we had up on the screen mm-hmm. was to just try and, and help make some sense of the fact that symbolism still is a part of our life in some way. And the reality is, is that the symbolism for the Israelites and the Red Sea experience meant way more, probably, to them than I think it does to us because we don't hearken our walk or our journey with God to the Red Sea experience. It's not a part of our story, sure. like on a, on a daily basis. For the Israelites, it was. For for Jews, it was. And so, I mean, even in the time of Jesus, baptism was still like for for Jews, and the Red Sea experience was still a part of their culture. And they're from an oral culture, and so these types of things like mean more. These things that are immersive of the senses. Now we're happy if we just you know see it on a tablet screen or you know a cell phone <laughs> screen. Like that's enough for us. Like we can see it and we can hear it, and we're good. But baptism really engages with all of your senses, and I just don't know that we have a lot of experiences like that anymore. Right? Um, Doesn't in, seem to be in the church world. I think we see them a lot in other places. Right? You go on a roller coaster that, you know, has, you know, light and, you know, sound, and it has—there's, like, mist or, you know, whatever. Like, those pieces are there, you know, you kind of start to feel it. But church-wise, I think we've kind of lost some of this symbolism
1: sure, even that our, exists in our history. Even our praying is usually just either sitting or standing. You know,
0: we don't really fall down we on don't our We do a lot of frustrated
1: praying. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you talked about baptism being a milestone on the journey to knowing God fully— and too often it's treated as an ascension or the end or the plateau. And that's something, the plateau, that's something I've heard, oh man, ever since I was a kid. And so exactly what did you mean by the end or the plateau? What, was, what were you trying to, to, to put across there? Yes, Greg. <laughs> yes, Greg.
2: Yeah, Greg. Uh, so how, how frank can I be here? Real frank. Um, Real frank. I mean, basically, like, in Adventism, we say, hey— you want to get baptized? Learn these 28 fundamental beliefs. And once you know them and once you adhere to them, we'll baptize you, right? That's how, for the most part, the denomination works. But the challenge is, is that like it's like the same thing as you know, cramming for a test. Like, okay, I've got this test coming up and now I'm going to learn all these things. Well, how much of that do you remember in a week? Sure. How much of that do you, do you remember in a month? And so we just are kind of like, we get to baptism and we're so happy because this kid decided to live the life for God and they've become an Adventist and what else is there? And it's like, this is like a milestone in a continued journey of knowing God more deeply. And instead of treating, um, whether it be spiritual disciplines or whether it be the 28 fundamental beliefs as tools to help us know God better, to help us understand Him and His love for us, we treat it as like the end all, that that it is the medium that gets
1: us to heaven. It's the graduating from catechism. Yeah. Yeah. We, We catechize, 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 Baptize, and as opposed to baptize and then catechize. Yeah, I think we've treated the 28, or we've
3: treated them as a comprehensive understanding of all we need to know.
2: That's true.
1: Once you learn the 28, there's really there's, there's really no nothing. other truth that's out yeah. there. For those of you who don't know what in the world they're talking about,
2: <laughs> our sorry. N- sorry. our
1: denomination <laughs> has recognized 28 fundamental beliefs. And that's where when we say 28, 28, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you said when we make the forgiveness of sins about my repentance and my decision to be baptized, we remove Jesus from the equation. Hmm. And that when when I was baptized, and uh, this goes back a long ways, but I think I was, I think it was nine, if I remember correctly. And it was it was a little church school next to the church, and it was you know every year there's a group that this is your time, so let's let's get this. Party started, and the emphasis was on the bootstrap Christianity cornerstone of dying to self and at least the insinuation that now a perfect life (laughs) should be and would be expected. If we don't – like you just said, if we catechize and then we baptize instead of baptizing and catechize, I mean if we don't do it in the right order, is there any hope for anyone to ever come through this and feel good about that decision? Because it seems like later on we find a lot of people going, I don't know, I think maybe later on as I learn more, I do more, I understand more, maybe I should be baptized again.
2: So I, I want to speak to that as a youth pastor, right? Because yeah. oftentimes I have people come and talk to me wondering if they should get rebaptized because <laughs> they don't know how much they actually understood when they got baptized the first time. Okay. And, and my challenge with that is, like Jesus says, hey, if you want to enter the kingdom, become like a child. And so what we do is we take the spiritual experience of a young person, and we devalue it and we degrade it to the point where, because we make it this ascension of knowledge, that if you didn't know those things, then your walk at 10 years old or 9 years old or you know 14 years old wasn't genuine, that you didn't really love God because you didn't know those things. When really, if I ask someone who is asking about rebaptism, I don't really know what I did, and I press the issue like, well, did you love God? Well, yeah, I did. Okay, so, you know, did you? But I, but my friends influenced me to do it. Okay, well, how did it change your life? Did it influence the way that you live? Well, well, yeah, and and it was, you know, kind of a thing that changed my spiritual walk. It's like, well, you don't need to be rebaptized. Like that was a decision you made there. You maybe got waylaid, right? But that was still a decision that you made, and that's part of the problem, you know. So, and you you feel the need to explain at twenty eight. We talk about catechize, right? So that's <laughs> essentially like journeying. It, it's, really, it's really just an education, education. piece yep. Yep. When, when really we're not really interested, or I guess I should say I'm not interested <laughs> in catechizing as much as I am in teaching people how to follow Jesus and growing sure. relationship. But we don't do that. And so we just kind of get them to what they need to know, and then we drop it all off. But so, what
0: you just said, that validates... That that really validates what somebody went through. From the most, maybe the most important part is I just loved God, and while I maybe I did follow certain prompts and pushings, hey, maybe that was the Holy Spirit, right? So you're I mean, you're, have, you're validating that way instead I have of the have opposite.
1: Adult kids, but I have grandkids coming, and if my cho- if I had to choose between my my grandkids understanding all the knowledge base and getting very educated about Christianity. Or being in love with Jesus, I'll take being in love with Jesus over the, the knowledge base 10 to 1. Sure. You know, I, not that the knowledge is not good and it's great to have. But, <clears throat> but that's like saying I, having all the knowledge about my wife is the same as being married to her. There, there's, there's a, those, those are two totally different experiences, you know. One would make you a stalker, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, the other would make you a <laughs> no, husband. That's and, right.
2: I, and I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like sometimes we We're stalk, stalk. <laughs> Jesus. That's right. right? Like it's we well stalk said. God. Like we know all these things about him, but do we actually know him? Right. Sure. Which is much more critical than knowing about him. Uh,
3: yeah. Facts. Well, I think none of us would look at our children and say, you know, someday you're going to love me a whole lot more because you'll know more about me. And, and you would never say that to your child. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that to my grandchild because I really – matter of fact, I, I'm hoping that someday they'll love me as much as they do right now. They're just hoping they'll love you. <laughs>
0: So what about this denominational litmus test that you talked about in your message? Because personally, (laughs) I love that you included this one because I think many pastors believe this is not only as it should be, and this is non-negotiable. I had a conversation with a very prominent SDA pastor about baptism and lay people and their role and not being commissioned pastors and baptizing people. And the whole, you know, the 28 again came into it. But the question, his question was well, if a lay person were to baptize someone, even if they'd been studying or whatever, you know, if the baptizer is not denominationally affiliated, which church would they be baptized into? <laughs> I mean, the obvious answer was the kingdom of God, but that so was not his line of thinking and the pain in the face of just trying to pull this all together. And I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks no, here at anyone, but I just thought that, that in that moment, it was an awkward conversation to have.
1: You can only be baptized in the kingdom of the kingdom God, the right? body of Christ. You, you cannot be baptized into a denomination. Those are Those are voted things of organizational structures. One of my favorite arguments with some who don't see it the same way as I do is that if a person is baptized in another Christian denomination by immersion— and they become a, they want to become a Seventh Day Adventist. We don't make them get rebaptized. Their baptism was validated because it was a baptism in the kingdom of God. They're, they're a child of God that they, they now have decided they want to affiliate with this organization. So we vote them into that membership. Yeah, there's something about baptism that supersedes
2: denominational yes, affiliation. Yes,
1: yes. But unfortunately, but in
2: Adventism, said. we try to have our cake and eat it too. and that, you know, we're told as pastors. Uh, As Adventist pastors, that we shouldn't baptize someone unless they're willing to become an Adventist member. And so, you know, I I talked with Andy about this earlier today, and I told Randy, this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you know, in the podcast— and that's a thank you to Andy, um, because one of the reasons that I'm here at this <laughs> church, when we were interviewing, you know, my wife and I came, and, and I went through the interview process, and and she and I spent some time with Andy one afternoon for just several hours talking about life and theology and all kinds of things. And one of the things we talked about was baptism. And it was it was a big deal for me as a youth pastor, because oftentimes, like, I'm the one, you know, working with students to get baptized— I wasn't quite sure how to broach a subject, (laughs) but I just kind of like, you know, started kind of bringing it up. And he, you know, went off on this diatribe about how we shouldn't connect baptism to denominational affiliation. And I was just like, oh, like I'm home. Like, and it was one of, it was, (laughs) it was one of many things that really helped seal the decision for me about whether or not this was a place that I could do ministry. Hmm. So thank you, Pastor Andy. For allowing the freedom of of thought and theological exploration, so well, now, I didn't know that was going to happen. I just want to share this. I, I, Andy was out of town this last weekend, and so I, I you were forced sent, to do the heavy text. lifting. Well, yeah, so I sent him a text <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I just emailed you the manuscript." So he texts me back like ten hours later. Read the latest version. <laughs> looks good to me. I text back immediately. So I'll still have a job when you get back. And then I don't hear from him until like Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say nice sermon, well delivered. Um, but, uh, but anyway,
1: but no, I don't, I don't over text.
2: No, no. I knew, th- I knew just again from the last six years, I knew that the things that I wasn't going to say were going to be a problem. And I was very thankful to him for that. So,
0: It sounds like we have a fairly different, well, maybe not fairly different, but we have a, a different view or way we're going to approach people in baptism here at the Florida Hospital Church than some. I, I think it's really important. How would we explain that? I
1: think it's really important that it's really, it's not as different as it seems, it's just right. <laughs> <laughs> it's right and humble. No, but, uh, and I, I, think, I think Lacking of ego. I think others do the same thing, they just don't do it with intention. Okay. Because okay? a person is baptized into the body of Christ. And they're voted in membership in all of our denominational churches. Okay, but they don't separate those out as separate events. They don't think of they them don't separate, think of them as separate. But but okay. they are two distinct, different things. And we've just chosen to push those apart a little further. Right. We we will not. We Brady's baptism this weekend was about as close as we get baptism and voted in membership happening together. Okay, uh, often they'll, f- they'll come further apart in the service even. But just to help the congregation recognize. One decision does not necessarily demand the other decision, okay. um, and I understand the denominational position. They they don't want a bunch of people at a church who who are not thinking in a similar vein theologically. But that's not—that's really not going to be the problem. Well, uh, but it is the problem. I mean, that's what we've ended up with. Oh yeah,
2: okay. I, I mean, again, we've crammed for the test, right? And so when you ask someone ten years later, I mean, that's what—that's why they can't. They I can't. get so frustrated. It People actually like, How on can the we other not side. teach the kids the yeah. twenty-eight fundamental beliefs? And I'm like, how many of them? How many? The one thing that that blew me out of the water one time was someone said, "Yeah, you know, we want our kid to get baptized," and I'm like, "Okay, well, why?" And they're like, "Well, you know, we're just hoping they can learn like the the um." Um, church. like the twenty, uh, the twenty-three things, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, if 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 it was such a big deal to you, you would know that there are twenty-eight, and it would be a part of of the conversation, <laughs> you know, at home. And and you guys, it, it, if it doesn't matter to you, why should it matter to them? You know, and and that's the
1: thing that just as a youth pastor drives me crazy. Well, well also, also I just want to say, Randy, I, I think in thinking about it the way Greg presented it this weekend. Uh, if we can if we can have our young people fall in love with Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus will never disappoint them right if their connection if their primary identity is a connection to denominationalism, it will mess with their head sure uh, and, and disappoint them and drop the ball and uh, do all kinds of things differently, but Jesus won't, and so we got get our- we got to get our kids we got to get our adults we we need to all be very much anchored in Christ. And then there's the security we have to be explore teachings and belief systems and all kinds of other stuff.
0: Well, I'm glad because I wanted wanted first to make sure that we were clear on what we were doing here. So thank you for the (laughs) clarification. And then also, you know, you make a great point that – and then Andy's follow-up that if we don't have that basis wrapped in Jesus first, all the rest of it – you know, just crumbles away so quickly and leaves you where many of us have felt that journey where it's a drop off or the plateau. And then you go through this time where you're like, I don't even know if this was valid. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, don't know, know how to pray. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know how to talk to God. I don't really actually know how to read my Bible because where in the 28th, phenomenal beliefs do we teach kids how to read the Bible? We don't. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. do we teach them or, how to pray? In the or have a relationship beliefs? period right yeah. that's the hard
3: part of all this is that if we go down this road, if we continue down this road, all we end up with is a bunch of information that eventually gets forgotten very quickly, actually, even if it was there in the begin with sure, and then they had a checklist, and then they're done, and then we have this church you know andy's thinking a church full of people that are all going to be no we're going to we're going to have a church of young people who don't really know God, they yeah. just know a bunch of. Uh, little facts here and there. And that's about it. If they even know that. Yeah.
2: I just want to, cause I know we're out of time. I just, I've, I was one of my critiques of my message from this last week is that I didn't take enough time on this whole idea of like, you can go and you can teach and you can baptize and you can still not actually make disciples. I really, really feel that that is present in the way that it's presented. That as Jesus gives a great commission that you can go and you can teach and you can baptize, but he still tells them, as you're doing all those things, make disciples, which mm-hmm. to me sounds like all those things can happen and you cannot have disciples. And I think that's, that's what we've been talking yeah. about, yeah, sure. is this idea of, yeah, we went and we taught them and we baptized them. But they never became a follower. And they never became a follower, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that's what being a disciple is, is following Jesus. And we never... Like, we didn't get to that point. And I think it's... Uh, Criminal.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's a lonely church experience too because essentially there's no meat ever if everyone is just there because, hey, we show up once a week because it's (laughs) what I do. But I don't have anything to relate to you that's going to lift you up or take you you with myself and together on a journey. Because if we're not taking Jesus with us on that journey, then what are we doing, right? It's all just kind of for naught. Again, this was a great message, and we're we're out of time, and we know that. So thanks for hanging with us. But um, one of the FHC takeaways from this past week asked if you've been baptized, share your baptism experience. How old were you? Who did it? Where was it? Etc. And I would love to hear personal journeys, and even if we don't get to them on the podcast, it would be great to send them to Greg and just kind of get an idea of where you guys are because, again, he's kind of on the front lines. And if – I think what we've also decided is that this is a safe place to have questions about your – you know, what baptism is, what it isn't. And I think if you just listen to this podcast, you might think to yourself, maybe I should talk to Greg about this because <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing and I, I think he's got the right idea about this. And so we would welcome anyone. I just that learned was, it
1: all from Andy. What do, you well. think, what do you think, Jeff? I think you should talk to Greg too, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over that. Stay with it, Randy. Don't be deterred. I'm trying. I'm trying.
0: But you know, if you're anyone thinking that they would like to, you know, take that next step and to do what we talked about, really get to know Jesus and learn your Bible, study your Bible, and all the rest will come. This is a safe place to do it and a great staff to do it with. So we would invite you, you can email Greg at Greg at org. I'm sure he would be happy. Andy Jeff as well. Anyone talking about baptism, we'd love to, you know, be a part of that journey with you. So Uh, You can reach out with your answers on social media through direct uh, email, podcast at hospitalchurch.org, or inside the mobile app, which is the easiest. And the final thoughts are about as easy as they get this week. From the last part of Greg's message, baptism doesn't get you in. Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And if we can remember that, that'll be a long way towards the right direction. Upcoming this week, what are we doing? It's uh, not—this was from the We're doing
2: our Sola series. So 500 years of of the Reformation Reformation. from uh, from Martin Luther. And so we're doing a a five-week series on on five of the Solas.
3: 500 years since the nailing of
1: the— 95 Theses. theses. October 28, I think, or 30— Uh, I don't know, somewhere down in October.
0: Anyway, this week is
1: Sola Fit A. I'll do that one.
0: And that's going to be Andy. All right. right. Well, you're not going to want to miss that. So until next Wednesday in Episode 71, this is Randy for Andy, Greg, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you then.